of the machine. Welcome back to this week's episode of Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. Now I'm Craig. And today we're doing chapter nine of uh, Watchmen, the Hugo Award-winning Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons. Oh God, I said I wouldn't forget the name. I forgot the name. Oh, Jeff, yeah. Jim, John, John Higgins. Uh, a, a pinnacle yeah. of comic book writing, chapter nine called "The Darkness of Mere Being." I said to you that I was going to have something set up for this, but the thing I had set up was going to take like fifteen minutes. I don't really want to burn fifteen minutes. Yeah, we could save it for next time. So next time we'll do it. Do you have something else small, very quick? No, we're not going to worry okay, about it. Okay, fuck we're, it. We're too charming and charismatic. That's charismatic true. to need that. And most of all, we're not Brits. Fucking Brits. Fucking Although, Brits. Although, Alan Moore is a Brit. That's true. Most of these guys are Brits. Fucking Brits minus <laughs> Alan Moore. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think Dave Gibbons is a Brit. He might be. He's a Brit. He's a Brit. I looked it up, yeah. Son of a bitch. Is John Higgins a Brit? I've not looked that one no, up. We're going to just keep in our minds that he's not. Yeah. With a name like Higgins. Yeah. John Higgins. Well, I don't know. In Hey Arnold, his uh, often competitor was this uh, this rich kid that was the British. The Tesla to his Edison. Rex Smythe Higgins III. Mm. And in the episode of like uh, the where they reenact the, the Revolutionary War, they were the Brits. Yeah. Was the Higgins from Magnum P.I. a Brit? I do not know. The little fat guy? With also a mustache, but not as good as Tom Selleck's mustache. Well, no one's mustache is going to be as good as Tom Selleck's. You don't is have to... Tom Selleck's the best mustache that's ever happened? I mean, so there's the big... Okay, it's... Burt Reynolds is yeah, the Burt big Re- one. It's definitely a top five. Tom like... Selleck's a big one. Yeah. Uh, is Tom Selleck's the guy who was dating Monica on Friends? Was he the Was he the doctor in Friends, the reoccurring character? I have not watched enough Friends. <sighs> there, It's a really... It's probably Tom Selleck. Well, I'm pretty sure if you were to say... Someone around our age, name a famous mustache. Either it's going to be Tom Selleck or it's going to be Burt Reynolds. Did you see Chris Evans' mustache? No, I haven't. There's a picture of him as like Captain America handsome. And then, I don't know if he was doing a movie or did it for himself, but he has like a flat top and the straight bar mustache. Oh, jeez. But not the fluffy one like a Selleck or a Reynolds. It's like the light one. It's something else, I tell you what. Sometimes I wish I could have a fluffy mustache, but mine is... I have a walrus mustache. You, yeah, you got a Brillo pad up yeah. there. I My hair is too thin in my mustache. I have a Mexican mustache. Oh, yeah, it's definitely very Mexican. It's all right. I've accepted it. Franny doesn't like it, but it's because she doesn't know yet. Yeah. yeah, in time. I'm just saying, mustaches need to come back. They're have not you, creepy. Have you considered maybe your wife is racist? Oh, yeah, I accuse her of it all the time, <laughs> but I need the tax benefits, so... What are you going to do? Oh, I'm basically true. an anchor husband. It's just keeping me here. Or no, wait, she's the anchor. Who's the anchor in that? The baby's the anchor because yeah, it's yeah. the American. So she's my anchor wife. Yeah, she's the That's anchor. That's what it is. And you know, I make do. I gotta have a green card. <laughs> it's a real Donald Trump situation. You know, I'm just Melania. If I had to be either of them, I'd rather be. No, because then you probably had to bang him at least once. Yeah. They have one kid together, right? Yep. Just one. Yes. Yeah. And then he's got. Uh, you know, Several women. because yeah. he's a adult pinnacle of Christianity. Yeah, he's an adult. But this isn't a political. Yeah, sorry. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I would never. That's not what we're talking about here. Um, we are talking about uh, the most. I thought honestly, I'm just gonna spoiler alert. This might be like my least favorite issue hmm. uh, in Watchmen, besides the Dan focused one, because that was. But but that's just because it's fun to make fun of Dan. I don't know. This was actually a very easy read for me. Oh, so as far as we, I think we've talked about that, you know, it takes a good half hour to read. Actually, 
it took about a half hour yep. to read this issue too. Everyone takes about a half hour. They're very dense and fun, and it's only twenty seven pages. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, when you like, if you showed someone that, you'd be like, it takes a minute to read that whole page. No, not really. But some of it is very text heavy. Oh yeah, there's some real text heavy ones. And like even this when one. it's oh god yeah, and even when it's not text heavy, it's freaking gorgeous. Like, this is the uh, issue where they're on Mars, uh, Lori and dr manhattan but even just the art is i i will get stuck on that page oh, yeah. for you know a minute or two just looking at all the scenery they chose to draw up well they would have to make it draw it really well because of how his dialogue is describing it right everything has to tie in and everything has to be oh you mean specifically yes dr yeah. manhattan is talking about how gorgeous mars yeah. is over and over. you're right you're totally right about that but. but this is one of those chapters where while it took us half an hour to read it felt like it took me five minutes yeah, the uh, good analogy. Basically, anytime Manhattan's on page, because the uh, issue where it was his uh, portrayal of time, how yeah. he saw himself, that was another one where I just read it. It took a while, and there was so much to be said, but I definitely felt like I was just kind of you know, reading with, you know, going with the paces, reading, reading through. It was really great. Yeah. What was that issue called? That was called, I have it right here. I just need to get the beginning. Oh, The Watchmaker. Of course. Yeah. Stagman, of course, is a watchmaker. Manhattan and his chapters usually are paced very well. Mm -hmm. Oh, and when we get there, uh, the um, Doomsday Clock, the sequel to this, arguably the best thing that Jeff Johns emulated from the source material was how he wrote Manhattan. Oh. I mean, he freaking... But we're not talking about that. That's for another episode in the future. I'd also say pretty well characterized in the hbo's watchmen as well i've heard very good things um i heard yeah I'm, I'm very excited i personally don't like how doomsday clock ended i think i'm gonna also not like how the show ended um i, I have a lot of trouble with the way people uh treat manhattan uh for what he can do and stuff well yeah actually this one will help us get to a better understanding of that as well the end of this chapter is awesome I wish this chapter had maybe like three more pages, though, but we'll talk about that. So it starts with them on Mars, because if you remember at the end of the last chapter, uh, they are getting ready. They just broke Rorschach out. And Rorschach? Rorschach. Rorschach. And they're on the lamb. Actually, the real end of the last chapter was uh, the guy, the original Night Owl dying. Yep. God, that was so sad. Now I'm sad. Now you really brought me down. But anyways... Was them busting him out and they're getting ready to escape, take all their stuff because the cops know he's there and yada yada. And Manhattan's in the room and he's taking Lori away and Dan is so sad. He's so sad. So sad. Oh no. What's happening? Oh, Lori, wait, what, what are you going to do? And then boom, gone. He's out. And he teleports. And actually, the look on his face is so solemn on the very first page when he's taking Lori away. It's yeah. not like a happy thing. Because, as he explains, the very next... Okay, no, technically, the very next thing is Lori falling all over Mars because she can't breathe. Oh, I forgot humans need to breathe oxygen. <laughs> yeah, he's like, there, do you like it? Lori, what's wrong? Uh, his exact word. Oh, of course, please forgive me. Sometimes these things slip my mind. <laughs> you freaking... You need oxygen. Not to mention, okay, if we're really going to be this guy, Mars's atmosphere... Or, I mean, not atmosphere, temperature and all that... Probably not the best for a girl in a leather suit. Yeah. I don't think she'd be as concerned. And it's nighttime. You can see how dark it is in the sky. I don't think she'd be as concerned with her oxygen level as how cold she's probably feeling at this moment. But there is one thing I like about this characterization of him, like, forgetting, oh, right, you need to breathe. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever someone's talking, especially Lori, when she's talking to Dr. Manhattan, 
of John. Mm-hmm. They treat him as if he's like an all-knowing being. Right. Which he still has a human brain. Right. He can't comprehend everything at the same time all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's why she'll be like, how do you... How could you... Uh, uh, how can you know everything but not know this? Or how were you surprised when Nova Express was like the cancer thing and it was like i can't know everything all the time and it's it's sort of along the lines of like expecting google's autofill to know exactly what you're typing in i've actually seen my parents be really pissed off because you know how google's autofill now yeah can i say my quick pet peeve yeah go when ahead. you're googling something now because chrome defaults to google yep. it lets you click on the google box but when you start typing it's in the url box oh it just drives me nuts yeah. i'm like no let me let me type in google let me have that old school feel but anyways when you're Googling something That's like true. how to fix my dryer, uh, if you type in how to fix and it fills in, it'll be like my car, my microwave and all that. I've seen people legitimately get mad. That's like, don't you know I'm trying to fucking fix my Maytag dryer? It's like, come on. And that's <laughs> sort of that bullshit mentality that people have for, for Dr. Manhattan in this universe. Um, that he, just because he has access to most things... Yeah, come on. I mean, I know plenty of things about comic books, but if you put me on the spot right now and you were like, name 10 Batman villains, I'd be like, uh, 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 f- fuck, uh, Riddler, and I would clam up. He even, like, makes a point later on when we get to it, like, yes, you're a puppet, but I'm also a puppet. Oh, I just see the I can't wait. That's my favorite. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna, that is my favorite thing. He actually says it up next, so she's really oh, pissed Oh, that's literally him. the next page. Yeah. <laughs> she's really pissed at him that she couldn't breathe, and she doesn't even realize where she is, and she's like, Oh, I'm on Mars. <laughs> Her, oh, shit. I'm on Mars. Because <laughs> she sees this big-ass glass structure that Manhattan built because he's an artiste. The man has skills, uh, so to speak. Skills that and kills. Bingo. And he's like, well, of course we're on Mars. That, this is where we... Do. So this issue, so we talked about it with his time and how he perceives it. This one in specific takes it to the next level. He's no longer concerned with the facade that he can't see everything but he knows that he's not not the point before he would talk like normal even if he knew it now he's completely detached from society because laurie's no longer cares about him sleeping with someone else the world ostracized him to mars and he can't see the future and it looks like everyone's dead so he officially is just like you know what here let me tell you what's happening in my mind yeah. we're gonna do this we're gonna do this we're gonna do this he's very specifically says like you were my link to the rest of the world yep. and now you're gone and it's like well he doesn't say that yet yeah oh yeah but uh, that's actually a, quite a ways away surprisingly but oh. but he does say well it's th- okay if i say it like that because uh, we're talking like uh it does yeah everything in this issue is happening baby yeah we're talking like dr manhattan because we already know the past president and future of this scene that actually does help when reviewing watchmen you don't fucking worry about how i tell you the details we can tell you anything yeah we're dr manhattan we're dr manhattan um this is actually so i've brought this up on the podcast and with you and with everyone else a million times um and i'm pretty sure the show doesn't violate it but doomsday clock before watchmen and a lot of people dr manhattan cannot control time i'm not gonna say this again he cannot alter time he can't jump through time streams and he even says it in this chapter, there aren't multiple time streams. He can't do one thing, create a new one, and then be like, nope, don't like that, and go back to another one. That's not within his power set. Okay, without being spoilerish, I will tell you the show is consistent with this. He states, For those who don't know, I Sammy Sosa did it. Yep. To he, the sky. He does have a conversation where he's like, yeah, it's all happening at once and I can't change it. 
Because fucking... So I'm going to give... We're, you know what? That might be like... if Depending on how we're doing... Because we've flirted with the idea of many, many more podcast ideas. Depending on where we go, we might not do all of Before Watchmen. Because it sucks. Just being honest. I'll take your word for it. And we can use it as time kill. If we don't get around to being able to watch a full issue of the show, an episode of the show, hey, let's burn some time and read a quick shitty issue of Before Watchmen. The way they do him is exactly how Doomsday Clock unfortunately chose to do it with the DC Universe. He can... We're sitting here talking. I smack you. You react. Yeah, I didn't really like how that turned out. Sit back in my chair. I shoot you. Yeah, I didn't really like how that turned out. Let me go back to my chair. They allow him to fucking do whatever he wants. And the whole point of his Before Watchmen story is that he lives through every single version of time and settles on Adrian doing his thing, Night Owl doing his thing, Rorschach doing his thing. So pretty much he's Nicolas Cage nexting it. Yes. Oh my God. Exactly Nicolas Cage nexting it. And it ruins the integrity of the character through and through. It completely fucking butchers everything about his personality. And I hate it so much. But Tommy, so Tommy's one of these guys, I think I've also talked about this before. He's one of these guys who's like, well, if the Flash is the fastest man in the world, why doesn't he just solve or stop every murder right now? Because everything he can do, every comic shows him being faster than time. He can stop time with his movement. And you're like, putting, breaking someone down to purely their power set ruins storytelling. Yeah. Just from the bottom. It ruins storytelling. And secondly, a lot of writers, especially something like this, a 12-issue maxi-series where Alan Moore deliberately put every detail in this book, they write these with purpose. You can't just be like, yeah, but I saw him deconstruct a tank. He can do whatever he wants. Just change time. It's fine. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm getting so riled up. Let's move on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He can't control time because he says, everything is preordained, even my responses. And Laurie says, and you just, actually, you do Manhattan, I'll do Manhattan, you do Laurie for this page. That'll be fun. Okay. Of course it is here on Mars. The, oh, of course it is. Here on Mars that we debate Earth's destiny. John, please, I mean this. Just being here, it's giving me problems, okay? You can't take your predestination trip right now. Why does my perception of time distress you? Why ask? You already know my answer. It's stupid. When I left you, when Nova Express attacked you, you were surprised. Why, if you knew it would happen? Everything is preordained, even my responses. And you just go through the motions, acting them out. Is that what you are, the most powerful thing in the universe, and you're just a puppet following the script? We're all puppets, Lori. I'm just a puppet who can see the strings. We shall go up to the balcony. You can see the Notice Gordai Mountains from there. Well, what if I don't, huh? What happens if I just stay down here and screw your predictions, huh? What's happening then? John, I said, what's happening then? That's actually like my favorite part. He's like, oh, we're going to go up here. She's like, no, we're fucking not. Wait, where are you going? And he like follows him up. I actually really like that moment. But that's the point. Even the things he's saying now, he's technically not saying. He just know he has to say them because they're what is said now. And on the next page. Oh, this is a great one. Uh, let me, uh. Let me read it. Take it from here. So I'm just gonna... There's some more dialogue and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. There is no future. There is no past. Do you see? Time is simultaneous, an intricately structured jewel that humans assisted on viewing one edge at a time when the whole design is visible in every as, uh, facet. And that's, like, if you think of it as an actual object, mm. like, we're looking at 
at it in a two-dimensional manner. Right. So We're Super Mario in it. Yep. And so it's like a painting while he has like a fucking cube and he can yeah. see like the past, present, and future. But the point is, he can only see where he's looking. Yeah. Like, so if he's looking at the underside, he can't see the top. Mm -hmm. So he's not knowing what all of it looks like at all the time. He has to look to have, see. Have you ever played a puzzle game and gotten, like, do you remember the game? I don't know if you ever played it. It was a Flash game. The Impossible Quiz. Sounds familiar. It's fucking stupid. Every question is a misdirect. Like, question, I think it's like 38, is it's just a clock with symbols instead of numbers. And it says, what time is it? And one of the symbols is a hammer. So the joke is, you click that. It's hammer time. <laughs> and that's the answer to that question. You move on to the next one. If you get it wrong, you get a strike. And every question is that kind of pun-filled misdirection. Click on the green dot when uh, uh, the eye on click is green and there is no other green dot on the screen. You know that kind of? Yeah. Um, what was I getting at? Oh, God, I got myself distracted by bringing up that game. What were you talking about? Oh, puzzles. Yeah. Uh, so have you ever played a game that involved puzzles like that? Gotten, let's say it's this, you got into question 60, got it wrong, you go back to one, but you accidentally miss a question like 32? Because you, like, you know the answer, you've seen it, but you've already passed it in your mind and come back? Yeah. I feel like that's what he has to do with all time. He can see, again, only the stuff he's existed and he cannot see your timeline. Yeah. But... He can see it all, but he has to choose to see it at any given moment. And if he has already seen it and then doesn't think to go back, well, it slipped his mind. Like, ah, oh, fuck, yeah, that's right. I can. That totally did happen. That's how I choose to see how he goes through it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I think, again, human brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We goof Fallible. all the time. Yeah, we goof all the time. He is still, quote unquote, human. Yep. Um, even though he's breaking down, which is what this whole chapter is about. Now, here's something that this does that I actually prefer to the movie myself, um, which I'm not going to talk in depth about what the movie chooses to do with it, but all he does to her to help her understand is asks her to remember something. Like, because we all have it. You can remember lots of things. Like, I can remember uh, meeting you at the Halloween party two years ago. Yep. But I can't remember every detail of that night. However... There is a specific day uh, on my honeymoon with Franny, actually. It was, uh, I think, the second day. I can remember, like, every detail for a solid, like, three hours. Oh, jeez. Being able to remember that moment is kind of like how he sees time, and that's how he convinces her. He tells her, what's your earliest memory? And she, well, what do you mean, my earliest memory? And that's where she starts to go through what she is thinking is her earliest memory. She's a little girl. She's at home, and her parents are yelling at each other, which they do all the time, uh, which is her mom, Sally, and the, uh, what do you call it, manager. Yep. Which she's married to at this point in time. I can't remember his name. Some bullshit name. Larry? I think his name is Larry. Yeah, I think it's Larry. I'll find it real quick. And that's how he tells her to remember, or to see things his way. It's uh, like, just remember something vividly. Larry Schexnader. Schexnader. Classic. Uh, and so she's there. She walks down. They're yelling at each other, and he's basically accusing her of, like, you don't know yet, but he's accusing her of doing something. Why isn't she more mad about something? Why isn't she more uh, ashamed of herself for something? And she's like, what do you know about any of this? And, rah, rah, rah. and Lori's big memory, the big thing that's pulling her to this moment, is she saw a snow globe with like a castle in there. It looks like kind of like the Disney castle, maybe. And yeah, sort of does look like the Disney castle. She's explaining it and why she was drawn to it. You know, it was a, to a toy. She shook it, and there was snow in it, and she couldn't understand 
but the she, but I couldn't understand how it felt so slowly. I figured inside the ball was some was some different sort of time, slow time. So like, you know, in her head looking into this was every like that's her moment, that's her anchor. What's there's a um there's a movie or a show that it uses an anchor. If you can remember the is it Sandman? No. No, it's American a- Gods? No. Uh, it's are, something like that. Are you talking about um, uh, Inception? I've never seen Inception, but I know a lot about Inception, so it might be. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it's Inception. It's Inception. He has a he has a little top as a as an anchor. Right, the spinny top. Yeah, that's how he checks stuff. Yeah, so this no, is her. I'm surprised you haven't seen Inception. I know. I'm not actually a big Nolan fan. Like, I don't know if I've ever rallied about it. I'm not a big fan of the original ba- of his Batman movies, um, despite loving Batman. And well, there's so many factors into why I. I like his older ones, like um, uh, mm. Memento. I was just about to say, he has one of my favorite movies of all time, Memento. That movie broke my mind when I first saw it. It was one of those movies where I didn't see the twist coming at all, even though I probably should have. Like, it wasn't as clever as maybe I'm fluffing it up to be, but I saw it and I was like, holy, no, what? No, you didn't. Why'd you do this to me? And then I watched it again, and then I watched the cut that puts it into chronological order. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. It's still awesome. It's not as good because it takes a lot of, but it's, it's a very good movie. Anyways, that's not, we're not here. This is not the Christopher Nolan podcast. No, it's not. Uh, maybe Fuck if, you, Nolan. Maybe if he does something Watchmen, actually, he would probably be very good to interpret Watchmen in some way, shape, or form. Probably. Yeah, it's definitely, he's a very cerebral type, artistic director, like uh, Inception, or what was the one? The space one, McConaughey. Oh, uh, 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 oh yes. Yeah, you Interstellar. Know Interstellar. I really liked interstellar i thought it was a really good movie great movie and really weird and time shenanigans which are important when doing watchmen stuff but anyways um so she's going through the memory and you know she breaks this orb and she's all sad about it and it's showing you one of the things that you see random images of throughout this issue is the well i can't remember the nostalgia the ozymandias perfume that she has it constantly drops it in throughout this issue, just random panels of it flying, because she dropped it at the very beginning, and later you'll find out what happens to it. Um, but it's you know she's fragile. The mom says she drops it, breaks it, she gets sent to bed, and she's talking about how her parents always fought, and that's why she's kind of on edge in relationships with strong, forceful guys. She doesn't like the way this sort of arguing and yada yada. You know, classic trauma, classic childhood trauma. We've all been there. I actually don't think I've been there. Might have been there. I don't think I've been there. And then, and then, so earlier he tells her. The, oh yeah, we did. He tells her a synopsis of the conversation that's going to happen. One of which was, uh, she's sleeping with Danny yeah. boy, and he's like, <laughs> she's like, I mean, with Dan, it isn't like that. As a lover, he's more sort of receptive, and she talks about it because she's very bad at understanding conversational cues. She just says shit that's going to offend everyone around her at all times, and she doesn't care. And he's like, you mean you're sleeping with Dryberg? And she's like, you already knew. And, and, and he's like, bitch, did I not just explain <laughs> to you how I don't see things literally? I forgot that already. Yeah, you dumb bitch. And he, so, so this is what we were talking about. I said often that you are my only link, my only concern with the world. When you left me, I left Earth. Does that not say something? Now you have replaced me and that link is shattered. Don't you see what that means? Don't you see the futility of asking me to save a world that I no longer have any stake in? bitch is real yeah he's like i'm not gonna save the human race because you a hoe that'd be like that'd be like if if justin and courtney broke up 
and your house was on fire and she ran across the street and asked him to put the fire out and he, he's like what the fuck do i care about that house we ain't banging no more then go fuck it she's like but craig and dj and my cats he's like I'm sorry babe can't do toots sorry you wouldn't call her babe anymore sorry toots and then he'd like flick a firecracker at the house and just be Pew! that's kind of what he's doing yeah in, it is but a more global seven billion lives at stake scale Actually, um, in the 80s, like, five it, billion, four and a half billion, something yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, it didn't become an, uh, the, seven billion until, like, sometime in the 2000s. The mid-70s, the popu- global population was in the mid-three billions. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. we, it's scary yeah. how fast the human race is growing. Well, that was a big thing going around when uh, the um, Endgame and Infinity War happened. If Thanos snapped today, we'd go back to the population of, like, 1973 or yeah. something like that. And you're like, excuse me, what? Like, that would only, that would only take us 50 years to recover. Which, luckily, almost all first world countries are on a population decline, so thank God for that. Yeah. Fuck the rich people. Eat them, is what I've always said. Yeah. Eat, <laughs> eat the rich, That's but what not I've a political said. podcast. No, 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 no. But, I'm just saying, we are making strides. Uh, so anyways, um, <laughs> I actually really like this specific part. So he's like, I'm going to take you around Mars. I'm going to show you what true beauty is without your bullshit people bitching about whether or not you know fucking uh, gossip girls on tonight and she's like no you're not teleporting me and he's like don't worry there's other means <laughs> he lifts the entire glass it's 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 like gears and spears and and platforms he lifts it entirely into space floats it above uh, the surface of mars and she's like everything's shaking john are you doing this i'm not in any mood for clowning around and he goes nor i believe me i've fully understand the seriousness of our circumstances the gravity of the situation (laughs) you fucking punster you lift something out you you disregard all laws of physics and you have to drop a line like that on me although i do like how you pointed out that this giant palace thing is made of gears and contraptions and whatnot and and just to reflect the fact that he's the watchmaker and his past even when before he was big blue man still and he defines even, him to extent. And it actually makes sense that he doesn't care so much about like the science of Earth and the way the people care at all. He never wanted to be a scientist or do anything in relation to people on Earth anyways. His dad forced him to. He wanted to be a watchmaker. Yeah. Um, and the movie does it beautifully. It shows gears turning in it and the glasses moving at all times, which is how I picture it personally when I first read this book. It's, it's really, really quite nice. I wish I could be on Mars. Big glass thing. Not the point. I'm not there. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's taking her around and he's asking her, you know, what do you want to drink? She's like, well, there's nothing in here. He's like, what would you like to be in there? Basic bitch asks for water. Can't <laughs> believe it. But he's explaining how uh, she's like, well, what if humanity was ex- ex- went extinct? Doesn't that bother you, all those dead people? Well, no. no. It actually doesn't bother him at all. Like, the beauty of nature and of uh, thermodynamic miracles is more important to him than this emotionally driven, whiny existence, suffering, pain. Well, no, uh, the third thermodynamic miracles is then used later on. Right, I'm just saying he's more interested Uh. in finding that kind of stuff. Like, what happens between neutrinos, not what happens between humans. I mean, in a very realistic sense, humanity, us, we're a tiny blip in the entire universe. Right. If we 
like as he points out, if we die, that doesn't negate percent There it is of the rest of the universe. Right, but actually, I got into an argument with Sammy about that today, because she's one of this newfangled modern pseudoscientific spiritual bullshit about time being this illusion man and like nothing you do like matters man if you just choose to step outside of it you can truly see that in the grand in the big scheme of things in the in the growing exponential universe like we don't even matter man. it's like go fuck yourself you're using stuff people put in textbooks to justify yeah. not doing something also while time is relative time is still a thing yeah, I mean, it's still something we yeah. measure our lives by and affects yeah. us. Even if even if time doesn't affect X other thing, which it does, it affects everything. Yeah. Progression, although there is like um a, like a section of um what do you call it like particle physics where an atom is not doing something when we observe it, but when we look away, it does something. What, what was that? There's a there's a whole science dedicated to it. Yeah, I know what we're talking about. But anyways, the point is. Time exists. Yeah. Like, it, regardless of the scale and the scope you perceive it at, you can't stop things from moving in some direction, which for us is forward time. Seconds, minutes, whatever. Just because you like to go time doesn't exist doesn't mean you're not going to be 60 one day as an old bitch, you know, throwing your cane at people. Like, you, you can't stop that. Yeah, you look at your cells. Mm -hmm. They live and they die and they're more born. And at some rate, though rate of which they die overtakes the rate at which they are replicated mm -hmm. and that is fucking dying yeah and, and that's affected by time and time is moving you forward or if you don't want to call it time stuff is moving in a direction yeah deal with it oh i it really it's all it's all like young slash mid 20 year old people who think they've like reached another step of understanding yeah i just want to oh it makes me so mad it's not it's not a smart thought. Like no. I'm not a smart man, I admit that. I, I I don't want to claim I'm like an intellectual. I'm not. I'm kind of a dunce. And I'm okay with that. But just putting yourself on oh make me so mad. Well, as an intellectual, of course, I agree so that it's dumb. It's so dumb. Anyways. <laughs> uh so she's going through So this is where we get to see her under also by the way, I like the way that the artist always put a kind of dotted line bubble around Lori whenever she's on Mars yeah. to indicate the field in which oxygen is around her. I just thought that was kind of cool. But anyways, now we get to experience Dr. Manhattan's timelines through Lori where she gets to live her life through her memories. Not through, you know, the way he perceives it, but that's how we get to see it. And she's at... A gym working well, out. I'm pretty sure this is her perceiving her memories. Cause... No, it is, but I'm saying we get to see oh, yeah. through her life kind of like how Manhattan always shows us. His yeah. Life. This is actually exactly what I'm talking about, and the very end of it, I'll say this again. The movie decided to have Dr. Manhattan touch her head, and he showed her her memories. No. Exactly. Yeah. Go fuck off. She just remembered things and kind of clarified it because she chose to never think about it. Repressed memories. You yeah. can relive your life if you can remember stuff. Obviously, that goes for better memories than not. I can't remember a lot. I've got a terrible memory. But the movie decided to make it a, like a power he gave her. He touches her hand. Was it not her head? It was her... He touches her and she... <gasps> you know how they do that in movies? Yeah. Like, oh, you sent the Jesus through me. And like <laughs> she sees her life. Ah, so ridiculous. Dumb. 
So she's working out, and there's a party going on at home, and it's all the old superheroes because they're all old and washed up, and Hollis Mason has white hair. Oh, yeah. He looks a bit more classy in this one than he does as old man Hollis. Yeah, he gets a little re- he gets a little worn down. This is immediately after his book came out, so he's probably flush with publisher money. Oh yeah. Um, and they're they're catching up, and the text is specifically scattered. L, as for me, what I achieved sitting in it, and as what I achieved with it, I'm sitting on it. Ha ha ha. Ahem. Sat like it's specifically she would not hear all this and remember dialogue perfectly. And I thought that was really nice. It's giving you just kind of, oh, she did hear something, but... Yeah, but it's on the other side of the door. Yeah, it's other people talking. She ain't no freaking... She she ain't no... What's it called when you eavesdropper? (laughs) What's it called when you eavesdrop? I was was no dropping no eaves, Mr. Gandalf. (laughs) So, uh, you know, she walks in and she's only 13, but she's working out heavy because as we found out plenty issues ago, her mom forced her into being a superhero. And everybody's just chit-chatting. And Captain Metropolis is like, oh, hi. And she's like, oh, this is, again, her being just a just a dumbass. Oh, yeah, Captain Metropolis, you were skinnier back then. And he just goes, uh, oh. right. And he's like, I got to go outside. I plant, promised him I'd meet him out there. Doesn't say who. <gasps> Gay lover. Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe, I don't know. Um, Possibly homosexual. <laughs> we'll investigate further. We'll investigate further. And uh, Hollis Mason asked her if, you know, he read her book yet. And Sally is, uh, 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 I didn't give it to her yet. She's not old enough for this. Like, she shouldn't be reading that. We find out why. Yeah. Um, and, and and she's all upset. And he's like, or uh, Lori, what the fuck, Mom? You're training me to be a badass and you won't even let me read this book about your glory days? And, you know, try to cover it up. And she's ashamed. And she yells at Hollis and a whole bunch of stupid bullshit. And uh, Byron shows up, though. Mothman. Yep, Mothman. And he is losing his goddamn mind. At this point, he's already on his way to the insane asylum. Yeah, he has like, his doctor with him. Yep, uh, doctor and... Oh, no, that's Captain Metropolis there. Yeah, a doctor with him who's like, you know, keep, a nurse, I would assume, like keeping an eye on him. And he's asking for something. He doesn't know where he is. He's asking where his relatives are, and he spills a glass and it breaks. And then we get another image of the bottle flying through space. And... Dr. Manhattan's like, Laurie, are, are you even listening to me? Well, she wasn't. She was remembering something. You jerk. Yeah. But he goes through... Oh, now who's experiencing time <laughs> yeah. in different directions? Well, bitch. well, well. <laughs> and he... I don't really want to read all this because it's kind of beautiful text that I'll butcher and you kind of need to read it yourself, if that makes sense. But he's just yeah. talking about how emotions are great and they're cool, but look at all this shit that happens without life. Look at what's happening on Mars purely because Mars chose it to be this way. Massive volcanoes, massive, uh, uh, what do you call them, chasms and mountains and yada yada through erosion, through storms, through whatever the fuck you want to say it. Yeah, and he brought up the point how like there was once water on Mars yep. before it evaporated and life could have existed. There, yeah, there was potential, but it didn't. And look at this. What happens when the potential isn't there? Yeah. This shit's still beautiful, man. And Lori, she also brings back out to him, though. She's John. In those terms, sure, mankind hasn't helped the environment, but against that, you have to measure the lives of artists, scientists, poets. And he's like, do I? Oh, I love this one line. Would it be greatly improved by an oil pipeline? Yeah. Oh, no, exactly. Exactly. That's kind of his whole fucking point is like, sure, you you guys are um, people, and you sure do exist, and you sure do complain a lot, but is what you're doing an improvement? 
improvement on the world in any way. I'm, I mean, I'm talking in any way. Well, no, eh, not really. <laughs> Very uh, informative of today's world. Mm. Allegedly. Allegedly. I wouldn't know. I don't study politics. And uh, he goes through uh, what it's like and what he can see, and he calls it chaotic terrain. Oh, oh, right here's where you were talking about. When the subterranean ice melted, releasing torrents of water to form vast rivers now long dry. Life could have flourished here then, but Mars did not choose life. It chose this. It's called chaotic terrain. And she talks about how fucking chaotic her life is, and then she, again, goes into her back into her past to another moment. The party. Remember, party. remember the, the new Minutemen? The, yep. What was supposed to be the rehash of the Minutemen. And she's looking at Dr. Manhattan. She wanted to bang him, she even says. She's like, I had some I had some sexual thoughts. I had to go outside for a smoke because I was feeling horny. <laughs> I think it's almost exactly what she said. Yeah. And uh, she goes out there and who, who, who else but the comedian? I felt let out. down, restless, horny, and I needed a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus, Jesus, you're 16. Come on. You don't need cigarettes. Yeah, but how many 16-year-olds did you know smoking back then? Half your class. Well, how horny were you at 16? It depends. I there's I if I had to say for my high school there's probably a lot more weed smokers than cigarette smokers. You're probably right about that. Oh wow. Um let me think. Actually, my school was so small it wouldn't matter. It doesn't even matter. Oh, my class was like, I don't know, like 1000 people. What? Like or, your class no. or your high school? No, actually, that's probably a bit too big. It's more like six to eight hundred because I think the total school was like twenty five hundred. Jesus Christ! Oh yeah, like Nord Free Academy. It's uh, it's pretty much college campus. There's like five or six different buildings. But so they... like you and your best friend could both go to math class with different teachers. Oh yeah, definitely. Wow. Because because the thing is, the school is technically a private school, but it's free for Nord residents okay. and any district around Norwich that doesn't have their own high school and then okay. anyone else that wants to go because they have a really good art program can pay a tuition so oh. it like and Norwich is like the biggest city in the New, Lo uh, New London uh, county so yeah. it has a lot of students wow we had uh I graduated with 68 people I think and my high school was just under 300 people so everybody knew everybody it's yeah, great. there's plenty of people I didn't know and wow. probably never saw. And I was like, who's all these people I'm graduating with? That's really neat. I didn't know that. But, well, anyways, when you were 16, you were horny and your friends smoked cigarettes. Yes, that's just a fact. It's just yeah. a fact. Um, and don't even get started on the letdown Not going to shame anyone for their body feeling the way it does, but smoking is bad. Yeah, smoking is bad. Cranking it, good. Yes. Healthy. Healthy. Uh, his friends, prostate cancer, and I'm pretty sure it does things for women too. Allegedly. Whatever. They got it too easy. Hmm. It's like, it's, it doesn't even, it'd be the easiest thing being a girl. It would be so easy. Oh, I'd get laid so much. I'd yeah. just be like, hey. I don't think I have any women that I'm... listen to this podcast. We're totally safe. <laughs> We're totally, this is a safe space. It's okay. Uh, mm. Anyways, she's outside and the comedian strolls on up and basically, I, I, should have caught this uh, a long time ago, but I thought it was really cool what it lies down in here. So basically he's just, hey, you grew up really well, and this is kind of creepy, but it's actually not creepy at all. Y you, you've you got your mother's eyes, but you don't have her hair. I never put this together. Her hair color was not the same as the oh, hair color of her mom. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I wow, never, it's so easy to I, see. I never Jesus. even thought about it, but 
you know, he says that, and he's like, wow, you're beautiful. You're quite a looker. And she's like, well, could you light my cigarette for me? Well, sure thing, toots. And he lights the cigarette, and his, her mom shows up, and her, and her mom has really curly red hair, which, whatever. She's like, you take your hands off her! Because uh, we learned a couple issues ago, she got raped by the comedian. Yes. So she's very pissed that he would even have the audacity to talk to her at all. Which, and, I think this scene, it's a really great juxtaposition of how she sees him at this current moment as opposed to when she's older and talking to Lori and is like oh uh, back in the oh, you know things happened and whatever you can't hold grudges and you know she's really upset about it but no right here she's pissed she hates him don't you put your hands near her get in the car Lori she's pissed off and then when they're in the car Lori even points out I didn't know at the time what had happened between the comedian and my mother but she was very upset and she broke down and then she goes of course then i didn't know what the bastard had done that's why my mom was so protective and it had brought back all these horrible memories or terrible memories so so bad uh so this is where she learns about all that it's reasonable that her mom was pissed off and she's kind of disgusted that the comedian would even like say you know he called her a looker and he like touched her face and he lit, lit her cigarette she's like probably super creeped out and all of it came pouring out and there you see that bottle flying through space again Yep. Wow, Nostalgia. that's some freaking vibrant color on yours. Ooh, oh, which ones are we looking at? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a dramatic... Like, the left page isn't that different, but wow, that is... Oh, yeah, some, it's much more purple, and the gold's really standing out. Some fresh print there. Hmm. Uh, anyways, uh, then it shows them back on, on Mars, and she's pointing out, like, all of this pain we felt. Like, my life has been fucking balls to the wall crazy doesn't that move you more than a bunch of rubble and he's like no <laughs> no i read adam's lorry i see the ancient spectacle that birthed the rubble besides this human life is brief and mundane yeah you dumb bitch to be fair you know it takes millions of years to sculpt a cavern it takes like a few a few few years for someone to be bitchy <laughs> it happens overnight yeah like who the fuck cares um and she gets pissed, and this is where she's like, you know, okay, well, you know what? I, I give up with you. And he's like, well, it ends with you in tears. Look, <laughs> there, Olympus Mons approaches this big-ass 15-mile-tall yeah. mountain. What's the tallest mountain here? It's like, kill him, no, Mount Everest. No, there's one taller than Mount Everest, isn't there? Mm, if it... There might be one taller than Everest, but it's probably still like in the Himalayas. Right. But Mount Everest alone is what, like 15,000 feet? I think so. That's three miles. So this is five times taller than Mount Everest. Also, I do like, remember how in the last issue there's the, the artist and the painting and I was like, it pretty much, hey, this is giving away something right here. Right. He does, they do it again with this conversation where, uh... Dr. Manhattan is like, yeah, I'm at a place and I see a bunch of corpses. And oh, oh, then I'm in, I'm in the snow and I'm killing someone. I'm like, yeah. wow. They just give you the entire ending of Identity this is uncertain, though. Yeah. Identity is completely uncertain. And then, but he even gets distracted in his own conversation. Look at it. Volcano as large as Missouri. It's summit 15 miles high, piercing even the atmospheric blanket. Breathtaking. Like, I don't give a fuck that when I go back to Earth, everything is in ruins. Check out this mountain. Sure. Are you seeing... Seriously, do you see the mountain? Yeah. Like, are you kidding? It's like driving... Well, you don't have a wife, but it's like driving in the car with your wife and having a really good argument. Not good, but bad argument, but then seeing something really cool outside the window and just being, wait, 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 wait. You want to see that? <laughs> Look out the window over there. Are you seeing this? Breathtaking. 
And then she's pissed off, breathtaking. John, what about the war? You've got to prevent it. Everyone will die. There was a point where he did say, I care more about my red planet than your blue planet. Yep. And the universe will not even notice. Red versus blue. So sad. Red pill, blue pill. Which one is the one that he actually takes? He takes blue pill, right? I think so. Yeah, right? I don't know. Good movie, though. Yeah. Hell of a good movie. And now now we know that it's all a metaphor about transgenderism. Was it really? Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. But wow. Yeah, because they're the Wachowski sisters now. Right. No, they're just the Wachowskis. No, no, they they were the... They w- didn't add the sisters to their name, though, like in their credits and stuff. Because they were the Wachowski brothers in the credits, and, and then they were the Then they were the Wachowski siblings, oh. and then they became the Wachowski sisters, because one of them... Tra- oh. uh, uh, I almost said transcended, which... <laughs> I mean, kind not of. Wrong, yeah, you know, that's kind of it. But uh, transitioned uh, before the other. Right. And now they're both. Yep, they're both the now they're the Wachowskis, the Wachowski sisters. That's crazy. Yeah, but was the movie they said that? That's what the movie's about. How? I don't understand. I haven't seen the sequel, so actually, don't even tell me. I've only seen the original. Oh well, the the original was oh, okay, good Whew. because it was just um being the the gender that they were assigned at birth mm-hmm. was being in the Matrix and then taking the pill was them escaping that reality and accepting who they were. Oh. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. I actually, uh, there is a, what is it? Germany? It might actually be Germany. Some European country actually has it on the birth certificate that you don't have to select male or gender. You can select other, which isn't the best term necessarily, mm-hmm. but it's just to give the child the power. Well, and also millions of babies are born with um, like some form of, genetic anomaly whatever the fuck you want to choose to say it but people born with uh, parts slash hormones slash whatever that make them one thing and the parents have to choose well now parents don't have to choose they can just leave it up to the baby that and there's also plenty of cases of people not knowing they're even intersex until like they take a genetic test decades later and they're like oh i have the other yeah. one but I look and act like this. Well, this uh, was fucking weird. And I've heard plenty of cases from friends where, like, they're in one of those courses and it's like a 15-person class. And it doesn't sound a lot like one out of 15, but that's a significant amount. Like, yeah. one person out of that 15 people learn that, oh, I don't, I'm not in the same category as everyone else. Right. We should do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with genetic testing. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'm into it too. Hell yeah, yeah. That's how I learned I'm 1% Spanish. I am actually a little intimidated to take a ancestry or a genetic test. Oh, they, like, they own your DNA at that point. Well, no, not like that. Fuck it. Have whatever you want. I'm not special. You're not getting anything good out of me. <laughs> but uh, I, my mother is full-blooded Mexican, and my father is full-blooded American. I'm pretty sure his lineage goes back to, like, pretty, pretty fucking original. Um, like they were killing Indians, but oh yeah, a lot. Uh, a, most of my ancestry yeah. is colonial British. Yeah, and I don't want to find out that the genetic material I got is anything other than fifty-fifty. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Well, the thing is, your parents aren't one hundred percent exactly anything exactly. Because like, and I don't want to find that out. Technically, your mother, uh, if she is like most other uh, Mexicans, Mexicans, yeah. Uh, would be mestizo, which is already a term for someone who is European and native mix. Oh, yeah. And I'm almost certain she's definitely some form of Spanish or whatever, or even South American that got mixed in. Whatever the fuck, yeah. which is also very Spanish. And then, like, uh, yeah, my, my grandfather is 100% French, 
but the test says 90% French, 95, and then 5% Spanish. So there's always going to be yeah. something and I in don't, there. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I'm, oh, I love seeing that I'm shit. I'm cool with what I am. I'm but like, uh, Christopher Fazone, the guy, my best friend, who I keep trying to get to come over, but he won't do it because he's a jerk butt. He, uh, his last name's Fazone. His entire family is Italian, quote unquote. Like super traditional and, you know, he's talking, joking around. He got it for Christmas last year. No, his birthday last year. He is a whopping 3% Italian. Yep. And he's like 60% French. <laughs> like overwhelmingly French. Oh, yeah. If that's like, uh, if his family's from like northern Italy, mm-hmm. then yeah. Yeah, he's not Italian. And so now the joke is like, whenever I do this, the hand, he's like, I, I have no idea what you're saying. And <laughs> I'm like, Sakurai Blue. He's like, I'm Sakurai back. Yeah, I'm back on board. It's really funny. But yeah, I don't want, I don't want that. I'm, I don't, I don't want to find out I'm anything other than I am. I'm happy with what I perceive. Ignorance is bliss. Uh, much like these two sons of bitches having arguments with each other, both of them being bitches. Toby, no. Toby, no. Later. Yeah, Toby. Toby. Yeah, he's just scratching to tell us his name's Kunt Quinte, actually. Yeah, but... So... <laughs> sorry. Um, anyways, um, he's going on about how significant this landscape that doesn't have life in it is. You know, there's a, a big, massive quarry here, I'm choosing to call it a quarry, that stretches 3,000 miles long. One side of it is experiencing day while the other side is experiencing night. Um, you know, what do you even know about something like this? And she's like, well, you know what? People, uh, you've seen people depressed. Me, when I'm miserable, when I've had too much to drink. Flashback. And we're gonna, you know, it goes into a party she was at where she got sloshed and threw a drink in the comedian's face. Yeah, it was uh, to celebrate the comedian and all his military blah, 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 Gerald Ford, who is... uh, Gerald Ford? Gerald Ford, who I'm assuming is vice president since Nixon, you know, six terms and bullshit. Oh, yeah, yeah, he has infinite terms here. He put God mode on. It was a great trip. Uh, He, oh, you know what I heard today? Not a political podcast, but I have a real question. Is it true... I don't think it is. It's another one of those fucking people sharing this Bernie Sanders 52% thing. Oh, You're all a bunch of fucking idiots. Anyways, it said um, Trump was, uh, what do you call he? Impeached, then acquitted, nullifying his first term. He could technically run for two more. No. Okay, that's all I needed. That's all the answer I needed. That That's... People make shit up or misinterpret things so badly, but no, he just had... And then they claim the he, other thing's fake. Like, what the... You didn't take any time to find out if what you're saying is true, and you're going to claim the other thing is fake. That was like uh, The Daily Show. They sent a guy out to ask uh, if people had read the Mueller report, and he gets face-to-face with a guy, and he's just like, how important is it that people go and read this? And the guy's like, yeah, they need to really get this for themselves. It's true that it's it's important that we all make our own opinions on all these and really form a basis for why we think what we think. And he's like... But you haven't read it. He's like, no, no, no. My friend, I really trust him. He told me. He's like, but it's important that people go out and read it. Yeah. yeah, I really think that that's what we should all be doing. He's like, but just to be clear, you haven't read it. He's like, no, no, I haven't read it. And he's like, but. And he does it like six times. And the guy just lets him go. It's, rid- it's ridiculous. Not a political podcast. Not a political podcast. Sorry, I'm so sorry. There was a tangent. Uh, and that was in the in, in the joking, uh, the Mueller report of the Watchmen universe that happened there as well. Not real life. We don't talk about that. Yeah. But I don't really know how much you want to go over in this two. Ch- this is this is one of those pages where it's fucking words. Yeah, um, it, 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 this one is pretty straightforward, and there's no, nothing really 
vibrant with the imagery. It's just party for the comedian because he's being celebrated. Uh-huh. Uh, Super drunk, Lori. Yeah, this is after older. She's red uh, under the hood. Yep, and she's dating Manhattan. Uh, oh yeah, you actually time. see him. Okay. Yep, yeah. you see him. She has the earrings was, on, and he teleports her out of there at the end. Yeah, I was looking for him at some point. I was like, "Where?" Because he says he teleported out, but doesn't show it. But yeah, yeah, just the right back there. of his head. Um, but she sees him, and he's like, "Oh, look at you. Uh, how's it going? You went with Jaspezic. You didn't like Jupiter. Oh, you're a pretty girl. I see your mom." And she's like, "You piece of shit. I'm gonna throw this glass at your face." So she did. Of course, imagery of that bottle floating through space again. And he teleports her out of there, and it's the first time she threw up. By the way, she throws up every time she teleports. Her stomach doesn't handle it well. Oh, and when she accuses him of raping his uh, her mother, he says only once. Right. And she takes it as... Uh, only once? As if you knew it was better than doing it twice or 50 times, and his scar had always looked like he was sneering. But I didn't realize it until I read it here. Right. Only once means... Only one time that they had sex was it rape. Right. Uh, well, and they didn't actually bang that time. But not the point. Um, yeah, he, he was being sincere uh, when he was trying to talk to her. And she didn't get it. So she's throwing everything out. And really pissed off. She takes this notebook out of her bag that has all the pictures of her mother's life and just tosses it into the wind. Down into this 30,000 mile long chasm. And he's like, oh yeah. Don't worry me, it's pointless debating when you obviously don't see anything terribly miraculous in life. Maybe quantum physics doesn't allow miracles. And he's like, well, hold on now. Thermodynamic miracles are. And she's like, God damn it, just land this thing, John. There is a good point where, like, he rightfully says, you're trying to make me see everything through well, your... Well, right here. If yeah. you'd relax, if you'd only relax enough to see the whole qu- continuum, life's pattern or lack of one then you'd understand my perspective. you deliberately shutting out understanding as if you're afraid, as if you're too delicate to. And this, this actually the last, all of the last few pages we can sum up, surprisingly. Oh, yeah. Because even though we've got four more to go, the way this was written was so beautiful. Okay, so she's upset, and he's trying to explain to her, understand things through my prism, and you're choosing not to. And when he says this to her, you start getting word bubbles, word snippets, word thoughts, of different things we've read already in this chapter. Yep. You know, his, you know, his old friend's daughter. What do you think I am? Only once. What do you think? His, you know, yada, yada. And Dr. Manhattan even says to her, I think you're avoiding something. And she goes, I've never had an occasion to avoid the truth. And you keep seeing this. You keep seeing this. And she's yelling at him. I mean, look here, my mom, my life, my mom's life. There's nothing. There's nothing there worth avoiding. It's all just meaningless. And she turns and she whips that makeup bottle as hard as she can and it this is why we've seen it throughout the issue it's flipping through the air and it hits the glass tower and just collapses everything crushes the entire and you keep getting the snippets what do you think i am no you're not Lori. you're not my foot you're not my christ we were just talking can a guy talk to his you know his daughter that's the reveal that's why this is so much better than the movie she experiences this herself by he harasses her about not understanding. She's remembering. She's understanding. And she finally puts it together out here in Mars where life isn't applicable, where beauty is in the landscape. She sees that, oh, son of a motherfucking bitch. He was my dad. Yep. It's, it's beautiful. Here's where I don't like, right? 
So she realizes all this, and it gives you, it retells you the story about um, the toy uh, snowstorm ball she had and how time felt slow in there. This is the only thing. I wanted, like, one more page. Uh, which, by the way, where he sets down the, uh, the before she destroys his glass tower is in a smiley face on Mars. Oh, <laughs> and that's on purpose because the button, the button was a smiley yeah. face, the comedian's button. And I'm, I think, the, uh, Dr. Manhattan did that on purpose. Um, but either way, this is where I want another page or something. He's asking her if she's all right. And she's like, of course I'm not, you know, that bastard Blake, you know, he was my father. My parents pulled a joke on me or pulled a quick one on me. I'm a joke. My whole life's a joke. And he's like, I don't think your life is meaningless. It's too quick of a flip for something for one word from her in my opinion all she says is blake is my father and he's like i don't think your life is meaningless and she's yelling at him still and then she goes wait you don't and he goes into full exposition of why he doesn't think i love his reasoning i love everything about it it took understanding what led to her here which neither of them knew the comedian actually having sex with her mom for him to realize that holy shit like everything that brought you where you were he talks about how hundred or thousands of millions of sperm going for one egg one person comes out of it everything in your life led you here yada yada that is the true miracle i love that it just happens too fast yeah he just says no she says you don't you know i don't think your life is meaningless you don't no i changed my mind and then he just talks and i'm like that was too quick that the you spent 26 pages telling us Dr. Manhattan's view on Mars and on life and now and how he perceives all this meaning. And you just, one word, flipped it. Other than that, it was freaking beautiful. He talks about, so, you know, to distill so specific to form from that chaos of improbability, like turning air to gold. That is the crowning of unlikelihood. Yeah, like, the whole point is, for the likelihood of life to occur is such a narrow window of possibility. Which he talks about with thermodynamic miracles. It's an event with odds against so astronomical they're effectively impossible, like oxygen spontaneously becoming gold. That's a thermodynamic miracle. Yeah, but it's like... Life happens... Well, mathematically speaking, it probably happens somewhere else in the universe, no. but happens so infrequently in the well, universe. We, we but it's tell. so concentrated here right. that it's easy to forget how unlikely and it is that's and he what makes he says, that point yeah. yeah but if me my birth if that's a thermodynamic miracle i mean you could say that about anyone in the world yes anybody in the world but the world is so full of people so crowded with these miracles that they become commonplace and we forget i forget and gaze continually at the world and it grows dull in our perceptions yet seen from another's vantage point as if it as if new it may still take the breath away come dry your eyes for you are life, rarer than a cork, and unpredictable beyond the dreams of Heisenberg, the clay in which the forces that shape all things leave their fingerprints most clearly. Dry your eyes, and let's go home. And then we get the leaving quote, which all this is said as it zooms away from Mars. As far as we can discern, the sole purpose of human existence is to kindle a light of meaning in the darkness of mere being, which is the name of the issue, darkness of mere being. Yep, and that's from Carl Jung. Carl, oh yeah, C.G. Jung. Yeah, memories, dreams, reflections. Never heard of it. Sounds awesome. Didn't mean to yeah. close that. He was a um uh uh, well what what you call psychologist like Freud, except not as 
dumb as Freud because Freud is actually <laughs> Freud is that most of his shit is like been disproven. Has it really? Yeah. I don't know much of Sigmund Freud really, but now but Jung Jung is like much more of a. I don't really know how to describe him, but it's really like a, a cerebral psychology of although psychology in itself is cerebral. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So uh, then we get the excerpts. There's three separate ones, four separate ones. We're going to wrap them up because we only got about five minutes. Um, basically, it's the start of Sally Jupiter and how she was like the sexy lady on the scene. That's been brought up a lot. Like she, all of these people, Hooded Justice, Captain, actually Captain Metropolis was kind of money hungry and the comedian was kind of a tool. But a lot of these people did it for real reasons. They did it to, to, to help humanity. Mm. And she is constantly accused of doing it for sex appeal and, like, just being the hot one on the scene. Oh, yeah. This first article is so sexually about that. And then it comes to it later, and she's like, no, I didn't do it for the sex appeal. I did it for money. Like, she <laughs> says that straight up, I did it for money. But I thought it was really funny. In the King Taylor Productions, you, you find out that they were making a movie on her, and this made me laugh really hard. It's uh, the latest... Oh, yeah, they changed the title. It's She's Devils in Silk. Uh, and they changed that from the title of Sally Jupiter Law in its Lingerie because it was too long. And then later we learn out it learned that be, the final title is Silk Swingers of Suburbia. Yeah, right. and in the first letter he sends to her explaining the movie, he says, uh, "The documentary day, we kept a lot of the footage we shot with you back then. The new version has some added material to make it accessible to a more adult market." And you actually get a review of it, Silk Swingers of Suburbia, and he's like. Uh, too awful even to be dignified with the term pornography. Oh, I like the I like the last line. The only real act of sadism in this film <laughs> lies in releasing it. The only masochism in watching it. Oof. So apparently they took, uh, you know, footage of her and made a porn basically on top of it because yeah. she is aggressively sexualized. Like that's the whole point of her character, unfortunately. Um, but you get a letter from uh, Captain Metropolis to lori saying that he wants to get the minutemen back together which is where she met manhattan you get a letter from larry to sally before they got married about how the soups are all falling out with each other the minutemen's not working hey how could we maybe now's the time we could take it on as a viable partnership proposition together and the thing written there says nearest thing i ever got to a proposal she wrote in there <laughs> and that's actually really important because Earlier, a long time ago, when we were talking through Hollis Mason's book and whatnot, it's believed their marriage was purely financial. I mean, and in these excerpts, we find out everything she did was for money anyways. So it's there's reason to believe there was never any like actual true love there. Also, uh, in the last uh, one where it's like a bunch of interviews, uh, they talk about um, the silhouette, who was a lesbian. Yeah. And then Sally mentions that there are other gay people mm -hmm. in The Minutemen, and she was pretty much a beard. Do you know what a beard is? No. A beard is a woman who's in a relationship with a gay man solely for the purpose of making that man seem straight. Oh, that makes sense for what you told me earlier that I'm not going to spoil here. Exactly. Okay. And now I can't say it because if I say it, they'll know what I'm talking about because it talks about that like right here. Yep. Um. Okay. Good point. Anyways. So yeah, there's other gay men in in the Minutemen, but they're both dead now, which is sad. And if you know all the gay the dead people in the Minutemen, you can eventually put it together. Um, but she talks about not necessarily it was the wrong idea to kick out um, the silhouette, especially since she was murdered so shortly after. Yeah. Um, 
everything was tough. She talks about the rape, and this is where this is where the book gets all of its controversy over Alan Moore's handling of a rape victim. And the quote at the very bottom is all I'm going to read. You know, rape is rape, and there's no excuse for it. Absolutely none. But for me, I felt I felt like I contributed in some way. So this book got a lot of controversy in it, the way it aged and how it treated sexual assault. And I feel like that line right there and how she handles the fact that she let her rapist impregnate her um, is really fucked up. But I don't think he hides. And Alan Moore has defended his stance. I don't think he hides the fact that it's fucked up. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the whole book. The whole book is how fucked up all people are always. Yeah. I, He's it, not making it okay. If you've gone this far through the book to get to this, you know that Sally Jupiter is a really flawed character with yeah. lots of problems. Just like, but to be fair, because a lot of people will be like, because Alan Moore is a sexist. Every character in this book, that's from page one to the final page. The whole point is how bad mankind is, yeah. regardless. Um, but yeah, that's uh, chapter nine. Uh, what was it called again? Mere something or other dickens sucking? Oh, I already closed it. Oh. No, it's okay. I got it right here. It's called uh, Darkness of Mere Being. Um, it, 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 the only reason I say it's my least favorite issue um, of all the ones is because of the turn of Manhattan at the end. But I feel like that was because he was putting so much into it. He's like, oh, I have to write this in 27 pages. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and he had to wrap it up. Um, but otherwise, what do you give it? I give it a 9.5 out of 10 because it just reads really well and it really easy. It reads smooth. And it's yeah. got a lot of really nice stuff as well as just like emotion. That and anything with Dr. Manhattan where you actually learn why or how he is is fascinating. Yeah, right. And he can't control time. Yep. Which is why I give it a 10 out of 10. Because it proves it right there. I fucking, it's right there. Read chapter 9 if you're a dick for. Uh, anyways, this has been another episode of Men in the Machine Dissecting Watchmen. I am Kevin. And I'm Craig. Thanks for listening. It's a lie, it's a lie. I was busy dreaming about taking you apart. And as you can see, over here we have the Men of the Machine.